You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Pride of Detroit podcast, P-O-D-Cast, PrideofDetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit. Take the first three letters of each of those three words there, you get P-O-D. Those are the first three letters of podcast, hence the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, the Pride of Detroit podcast. Woo! I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. That's what we're going to do here. We're going to sit here and we're going to talk about arm sizes. We're going to talk about just massive arms, just hulking muscles on muscles, like Rob Leefield drawings of arms. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit on Lion, he's here to just measure every arm of every quarterback. He wants to, he wants to get down on, on the triceps and the biceps and everything. Yep, all of it. But let's not talk about my arm size because... Robbing arms. PFF Sam would not like my arms. It's it's a little it's a little uh, pequeño your arm. A little, I don't even know if I'm using that right. Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P O D. Ryan, what's your take on arms? Top ten, top ten body part. Uh, I, I would say so. Uh, I would say probably even like top five. Really? Mm. Yeah. But I mean, we're gonna do an even better job of ranking things later on, right? Quarterback list cast. We killed off the off-season wayback machine last week. Now this week, we're gonna kill off the off-season list cast. We might do some in-season list cast. That's what we do. We come up with weird things though, but we save the best for last. Quarterbacks. I want better week to rank quarterbacks than one where the Detroit Lions put up a stinker of the preseason game, sending everyone into panic and even louder and more cloying counter panic as everyone seems to pass the buck trying to figure out what the hell happened as the New York Giants crushed the Detroit Lions 30 to 17 in Detroit in preseason game two in a game that matters absolutely bugger all but has left everyone including Matt Patricia very upset in one factor or another uh, I think we said we're going to start on the offense but just general feelings from this game guys like 30 to 17 and they're in, including an early run, like this was the important part, right? The early 
look at the defense as we saw Davis Webb put together a just an utterly despicable touchdown drive on the Lions and very little if if anything to write home about when it came to about this first team offense including Matt Stafford yeah if if there was one word I could use to describe their the Lions performance in this game it's probably uneasy um doesn't make me necessarily feel great about where the team is at right now of course the preseason is for working out the kinks the, the key is that you improve throughout the preseason and you're, you're ready week one. Problem is, I, I look around the league right now, I see guys like Aaron Rodgers, like Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Drew Brees. All these guys are having pretty successful preseasons thus far. And then you're left with Matthew Stafford and his three drives that he had. He went two for five for 40 yards or whatever, uh, 50 yards, I think, actually. <clears throat> but more importantly, two three and outs and one field goal in his three drives. Um, not not necessarily all that uh, exciting. The defense I actually thought played a lot better in this game. There was that one drive um, that you mentioned that wouldn't have happened had uh, uh, Devon Kennard gotten there a quarter of a second earlier and, and knocked the ball out before Davis Webb started moving his hand forward. But if there's one thing I can hang my hat on in the positive way and I, I want to get this out now because there's a lot of negative to talk about is that I thought the run defense was a lot a lot a lot a lot better um through three quarters I think they were giving up less than two yards per carry um that slipped obviously in the fourth quarter but I'm not too concerned about fourth quarter performances in a preseason game now granted it's not like they saw the top rushing threats for this New York Giants offense they saw Robert Martin and Wayne Gallman like that's that's who they were limiting on the ground Sure, but I'm pretty sure uh, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart had four carries for negative one yard. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, I'll... no Saquon Barkley, but um, yeah, I, I I was definitely enthusiastic about the the run defense, especially after the game that they had against Oakland, which was not so good. And Matt Patricia said, like, we're going to work on the stuff that we struggled on last week, and they did at least in that aspect and got better at it. There is one aspect that they were not so good in Oakland, and they were potentially even worse against the Giants. And I think, uh, I think we alluded to it already. Do you know what it is? No, I just know that there has been no louder critic of this Detroit Lions team right now than Matt Patricia himself right now. Who seems to be very, so I know there's been, as I mentioned before, there's kind of the counter panic where people are saying, this is fine. This is all fine. But I don't know if I am that secure in my outlook on the Lions to really come to that end of the spectrum yet. There's definitely things that need to be worked on, as you said. So going back to your question, the one other thing I wouldn't, I don't know. What what are you alluding to? Or maybe Ryan could try to answer it. I, I don't know the answer to it, Jeremy. Why don't you give the listeners what they want? It's It's the offensive line, right? The offensive line was a tire fire in this game, and they were a tire fire last week. And the more concerning thing about it this week is that it wasn't just the reserves that were struggling in this game. It was Taylor Decker. It was, uh, it was Graham Glasgow a little bit who I was shocked to see even play in this game. Um, Matthew Stafford sacked two times in three drives, which is an alarmingly high rate and especially something you don't want to see in the preseason. Yeah, I'm, um, I don't want to. Do- I don't want to dog on Taylor Decker like some people are thinking people are doing. But like this was not a good game for that line at all, and 
There's no other way to parse it. As you say, those two sacks come in three drives. Yeah. And I mean, you, you just don't want to see that in the, like, I imagine if I'm, if I'm an NFL coach and it's a preseason game and my starting franchise quarterback is in the game and I, I had a look at the, the backups that the Lions have, I'm throwing max protection looks out there just in case. And I imagine the Lions were probably playing pretty safe pass coverage plays if, if they're smart. And based on what I saw, there was a lot of people back there. The, the running backs and tight ends were, were playing back in protection mostly. And it still resulted in Matthew Stafford getting sacked twice and probably getting hit in a couple extra times as well. So um, no so reason just, to, to completely panic because obviously the entire starting offensive line was, again, not out there for the entire game. DJ Lang didn't play in this game. But when some of your starters that are going to be out there aren't performing up to task, so just by comparison, just by comparison, if I may, to jump in, the Lions had, going back to 2017, the Lions had 10 drives, and Stafford was sacked three times. Now compare that to two sacks on three drives. Yeah. That's almost double the rate right there. Smaller it's, sample size, of course, but... Right. And, I mean, I mean and the, the the big concern here, too, is... We, we saw just how bad offensive line can cripple this entire offense, right? And if the offense isn't clicking, then the defense is going to be on the field for a long time. And then we saw what can happen if the defense gets tired and gives up a 17-play drive to a backup quarterback. I mean, it's just a domino effect with this offensive line. I think if there's one thing I came away from this game, it's that maybe we were a little too quick to say the offensive line was fixed. And I'm not... I don't want to jump and say the offensive line is doo-doo. They're screwed for 2018 just because of a preseason game. But maybe we should roll back our expectations a little bit because I know we have a new offensive line coach. I know we have a new great left guard in Frank Rag now. But we probably all jumped the gun a little bit on Taylor Decker because he hasn't really gone out and proved that he's the franchise left tackle that, that we expect him to be. His rookie year was pretty good. Last year was not so great but he was injured. And I think if we expect him to be at a pro bowl level right out of the gate, we probably have too high expectations for him. What's your opinions I, on this game, Ryan? Yeah. Well, I think something about the offensive line. Um, and I don't even know if it's something that's necessarily, uh, you know, very pervasive on Twitter just because I've kind of been disconnected. Cause uh, I had this whole like wedding thing going on this weekend and actually didn't even get a chance to like watch the game in its entirety. Um, just bits and pieces of it, but the what about like just TJ Lang not playing? Like, is that is that concerning to you? Do you feel like he needs to play? Do you think that he's a veteran and it's going to be just as simple as like plug and play? Because I mean, if this game did anything, it showed us that the the depth on the offensive line is is a problem. Um, uh, it, it's still not quite there. And and I agree, Jeremy, with like your general assessment of you know the the first team offensive line looking rather shaky um but i mean what what do we make of tj lang not playing do we think that he's going to be the elixir that you know immediately makes the first team offensive line great or what i think i think that's simplifying the problem a little too much i think i mean that's what we've been trying to do with the offensive line all like first it was the old offensive line coach then it was you know travis swanson he's not a good center he doesn't do pass protections well now it's T.J. Lang's not in the game. Yeah, it's scapegoating, right? It's scapegoating, and and 
I think it's, I, I just go back to, I think our, all of our expectations were too high. I was probably guilty of it too. Um, just thinking like, okay, you know, Bob Quinn finally has his final piece of the offensive line. All five of these guys are Bob Quinn guys. And there is something to be said about that, but I think there's also a point to be made that it's probably not great that TJ Lang has not been playing in these past couple games and he's been in and out of practice and uh, it, it becomes cliche at this point, but it's true. Like the biggest thing with the offensive line is communication and, and chemistry. And if TJ Lang isn't out there with, I mean, he he's played next to Graham Glasgow a little bit, but not a ton. So that's going to be fairly new for him. And the more reps he can get in the preseason, the more ready he'll be by week one and the better this offensive line will be. But the longer he's out, the longer we're going to have to see guys like Kenny Wiggins and Joe Dahl continue to struggle next to these guys and probably lowered morale a little bit. Um, you know, if, if I'm Frank Rag now and, you know, our offensive line is struggling this much off the gate, like, I don't know how much I'm buying into the Kool-Aid that TJ Lang is just going to fix everything. I want I want to talk about some more parts of this because I, I, as much as the, I think the offensive line was bad too, like, I don't think that's, that alone would not is not the only story from this game because there was a lot else that just kind of looked shaky mm-hmm. throughout the rest. I mean, we talked a little bit about Matthew Stafford. I don't know when I'm allowed to actually just start questioning whether we're going to have that 2016 performance again because, again, like, granted, these are the first three drives we've seen of him all preseason. So there's something to be said about sitting out that first game. But as you said, other quarterbacks just have jumped right back into it. So I'm kind of curious where it goes and how much of that is the offensive line. And then on the defense, like, I think we mentioned this before, Ezekiel Ansah got pretty blocked up by Evan Engram, who, huh. And Jared Davis did not have a great game at all. Like, I think if any, if the, if there's a story coming from the defensive side of the ball, it's that the lack of investment in the front seven here from the last draft and probably through uh, free agency is kind of showing that it's not uh still not good i i was i was thoroughly impressed with jared davis's run defense in the in like the first quarter (laughs) like it was good and then the the one thing that i did get to see the one thing that i did get to see on friday when i checked my phone was him him being left in the dust by wayne gallman on that on that angle route but so that's still not good. Like update yeah. 2018, Jared Davis still not good in coverage. <laughs> yeah. It, it was such a bummer too. Cause he was one of the few guys I had in my, my little list of guys that need a good game on, on Friday. And he goes and out the first drive. To start? Yeah. He got three tackles on the first three plays, including two tackles for losses, two tackles for loss yeah. in one game is impressive. He had it in the very first drive, including on a third. Just, and... just sniping through the hole too. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe this is turning around. The problem is what we saw him do well on Friday is what we already knew he could do well. We know he can be very instinctive in the run game and we know he can knife into the backfield like that. And he's speed he's speedy, um, and and a pretty good tackler. But also what we knew he struggled with, he struggled with. And it's a shame that his entire night gets derailed by one really, really bad play, but that's it was a, a really, really bad really, play. It was a really, really bad play, and it's a really, really big concern for a guy who's going to be on the field every down. Like, this is the guy, if if you've been in training camp or watched during the preseason, he doesn't come off the field with that first-team offense or defense. Right. So, uh, yeah, 
it, it, it's it's a huge liability and it's not something to necessarily throw a big panic party about, but it's something that we've consistently seen from him. So it, it, it you're allowed to be concerned about it. You absolutely. are allowed to be reasonably concerned about it. And I think absolutely. that's kind of the that's that's the that's the discourse going with Lions Twitter right now, is I think there are some people who are slowly becoming reasonably concerned. And I can see it maybe turn to panic if this keeps up for like one or two more preseason games. There's already several people who are trying to tell them, no, don't panic. But I can't help but be concerned about this team right now. Am I am I wrong? Am I crazy? I think you're wrong to be concerned about the team, but you can be concerned about individuals. But so, individuals uh, make a part of parts of the team. Like again, sure. like, I mean, maybe again, I know it's the preseason, but just between <laughs> between the Lions giving up some really just egg egg drives to guys like Connor Cook and Davis Webb, it 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 does make me concerned a little bit for this defense. And maybe that's just me, because. but again, here's, here's where I'm not as concerned. You know what? I'm going to tease it. I'm going to tease it for next segment. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to tell you why I'm not as concerned about the Lions' defense, but it's not in a very positive way either. So we'll be right back, and we're going to talk more about this game. we got to talk about some of the running backs. The running game was not established, as our favorite meme would go. And uh, we got to talk about arm sizes. Also coming up on the show, your questions and the QB list cast. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. And back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Real quick, I'm going to say my thoughts, and then I'm going to get back to being a very adequate host and letting Jeremy and Ryan speak a lot more. The reason why I'm not as concerned about the defense, but not in a good thing, is maybe because that I did not look at this defense and thought that the inclusion of Matt Patricia as a coach was going to improve it. I didn't think it was going to be that great of a defense to begin with outside of outside of the backfield and looking at them. I'm just not sure where, you know, if, if you're, if you're a believer that Patricia would have come in and fixed them some things, I need you to explain the last couple of games other than it's the preseason. Well, I think I don't, my, see, I don't see the genius on display. is what I'm saying. There, there's a couple things I would say to that one. It's early. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's, he's still he's still developing his scheme at this point. You know, he'll, he'll he said it a million times in press conferences so far. This is more about evaluation. So he's evaluating his own staff, his own players, and then kind of seeing what they have, seeing what they're capable of, and then kind of like, okay, I know that Ziggy can pass rush. I know that Jared Davis can play run defense. Now let's put them in places where they can succeed at those things. Mask where they can't. Uh, 
and I, I and I'm the the other point is is that they're simply not game planning right, and that that I think is where people think Matt Patricia is very smart, where he can look, go inside the film room, find a weakness in someone else's offense, and exploit, it. and they're not doing any of that yet. Now, I'm still concerned i still don't think i don't think the lines are going to come out week one and just blow the jets apart defensively even though the jets offense doesn't look great and we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be but it'll yeah, take time it's sam darnold i'm not going to even buy this lines defense will be that great i have zero opinion of sam darnold right. as someone who watched him play at usa so yeah so i, yeah. I just I, Again, my concern is is just that. It's concern. It's not panic. Sure. It's not damnation. I'm not saying this team's going to suck. I am sticking with my prediction, though, for, for this record, because I just think the growing pains are going to be a lot larger than people yep. think, because changing... I mean, we talked about this earlier with changing the O-line coach, how that might be an issue when it comes to this offensive line. This These things take time, and every time you hit the reset button on a position coach or a head coach or coordinator, it just increases the amount of time it takes for that to reset. Absolutely. And that'll, that'll agree with, and it, you know, we saw it even with the, the Patriots last year, right? They were one of the worst defenses in the league over the first four weeks of the season and they finished as a top 10 scoring defense. So uh, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of a drastic example. I'm not, not part of the norm. I don't think normally. Yeah, and what's also not matters. part of the norm is Sean McVay too, which a lot of people bring up as the right. first year head coach is doing awesome. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely concerned about the individual pieces. There are some guys that are supposed to be key parts of this defense that are very limited in what they can do, like Jared Davis, like Ezekiel Ansa to me. You know, he he does kind of everything great, but you just can't rely on him at this point. So the individuals I'm worried about, the overall scheme I, I think is going to work out in the end, whether that end is, you know, week eight, week four, week two, not entirely sure, but I, I wouldn't expect it in week one. Yeah, and again, that that just though paints a picture to me because again, like I, I see some people talking that they want to contend for the NFC North division, and everything, and I, I just I look at that team, and you're looking at talking about week eight, and I'm just sitting here like I don't. Why should my expectations be that right now? Like, if you want to drink the Kool Aid, that's fine by me, but I don't want to hear people saying it should be reasonable to expect these things out of a first year head coach and all the rest right now. Like, I just don't. Like I, I need to see more of it and maybe that has to come in meaningless preseason, but I just, I don't have the proof in front of me that this team's going to win a division right now. But if let's talk if about good really quick. If there's good news around the NFC North though, it's that the Vikings offense looks nowhere near where it was last year. Right Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Kirk Cousins not landing on his feet right now. Yeah. So it's hard still, to stay on it. hard to stay on his feet with all those injuries to the offensive line. True. <laughs> But I yeah, mean, we we saw we, we yeah we saw what that did to the Lions last year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yep. You can have you can have you can invest as much money as you want into a into a quarterback that you think is is going to be great, but that offensive line really just, I mean, it, it can it can like you said, Chris, it can snake bite your whole season. Yeah, I just don't think the Lions are going to be lucky enough for Aaron Rodgers to be out for half a season again. That's all. Which um, that, that's going to be an interesting. That's going to be an interesting. I, I will say that is going to be a very interesting episode when it does hit to Green Bay because he's going to want a lot of money soon, and I don't know. Like I, I don't know if the Packers will give it to them. He's we'll gonna I, they, they'd be they'd be insane not to. First and this foremost, is, this is a fairly the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, hey, don't spoil but, your list cast yet. Yeah, I, he can be the greatest quarterback of all time and still be behind Patrick Mahomes on my list. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, you know what? Because he won a Super Bowl early in his career, and now he's not good. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> one, one, one thing I'd like to, one thing I'd, one thing I'd like to kind of discuss or get your guys' opinion on is something that I read on, on Twitter um, this week after the Lions game against the Giants. But do you give any credence to the, to the idea that the Lions have just expended a lot of energy having joint practices two weeks in a row with Oakland and New York? Like, is that just no. a lot of physicality and a lot of like physical exertion that maybe a lot of guys, even if you're coming into training camp, you're not in the best shape yet. So two weeks of that and, and you show up for games, like, is that, I mean, do you guys buy into that at all? Nope. Yeah. It's interesting that that was poised by Michael Rothstein at ESPN. He was kind of pushing hard with that theory at, with Patricia after the game, you know, he's saying the team looked tired. They, I mean, those kind of like cliche things like, oh, this team was more tired or this team wanted it more. I, I don't know. I don't really see it. Like, I think that's just kind of an excuse when you get your ass beat. Like, oh, you're, you're just tired out there. Sure. It's like, and, and Matt Patricia's response was, was what I would go with is like, well, you know, even if that were the case, like, this is what training camp is for. We're going to work these guys' ass off because you know what? They're going to get their ass worked off in, in the regular season. And the, the quicker that they're up to speed with that, the better. So maybe they were tired out there. Out there, I didn't personally see it that way, but they better get ready. I want to talk a little bit more on the offense before we put a kibosh on this uh, thing for in, a, in like 10 minutes or so. I want to go back to the offense because I know we slagged off on the offensive line, but Frank Net Ragnow, I thought, played very well. He's he's excused from this from this lesson. He's he's been the one consistent. Maybe him and uh, Rick Wagner hasn't hasn't really shown too much right. in the negative. Um, so I mean, obviously that's really really promising um, because the big I, thing I want. Oh yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say the only negative that Ragnow has really had this entire training camp was the first day of joint practices against Oakland, and then he came back the next day and was better. So. Yeah. Very. If there's one thing to really be promise, really to to have a lot of promise for, it's it's Frank Ragnow. He he looks like the real deal. Second thing I want to talk about is once again, Jeremy. This is all your fault. I still continue to blame you. Once again, the cult of Rudock is back. Help me deal with this <laughs> because I get it. Rudock played a lot in this game after Stafford left. He played. He made twenty three of thirty completions and averaged like what 5.7 yards which isn't great he had like a passer rating over 100 but still like i've seen the worst of the worst out here once again bringing it up how once once again it's the backup the backup is the favorite man in town man just give rudock a chance give that michigan man a chance you could show you what you could do yeah it's all it's all fools if if you i feel like if you actually watched this game and didn't just look at the box score you're like yeah i don't Jake Rudock's not ready. Well, they probably they probably did watch the game, but they just watched enough to see Rudock's touchdown. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he had a couple at the at the very very end of the game. Yeah, when he was yeah, he, had, he had the running. He had one on the ground, and then he passed. What was who did he? Uh, it was to T.J. Jones, I think. Right. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but the first time he was in the game, you know, early right after Stafford went out, offense didn't really do anything. And when they did, it was basically on the legs of LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, so I, I just like, I don't know. I'm I'm not buying anything with Rudock until he throws one downfield pass. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested. Stock at all? Did you think it even helped his stock at all when we're talking about 
it depends castle? it depends what the lions game plan was for him if it was just to kind of play that safe check down charlie game that you know was was effective against the giants third and fourth stringers then yeah i guess he succeeded but to me he still looked like the same indecisive guy who either doesn't trust his arm enough to go downfield or just can't read the field well enough downfield because he's he's not even trying at this point. He's not trying to throw a pass further than eight yards downfield. And I, I can't judge a quarterback when he's not doing that because you can't get away with that for an entire game. You just can't. And so I, I don't take anything away from this performance. I still think he looks really bad in the pocket, really uncomfortable, took a bad sack or two in this game. Um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing changed to me about this opinion. And, and just to speak on Castle really quick, the, the interception was not at all his fault, so I don't I don't take that away from him. I don't I don't put that in as, as a negative for him. And I still have Castle as the guy right now behind Stafford because to me, the fact that, that Rudock got back in this game and played for basically the entire fourth quarter shows to me that they they see that he needs the reps and that he needs to work his way from from third string to second string because he hasn't earned it yet. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on this particular thing, or would you like me to give you a new topic? Throw something new at me. Let's talk about the run game a bit. Particularly, let's talk about Amir Abdullah. Your thoughts? How how quickly trains can stop, right? <laughs> <sighs> trains aren't technically known to stop very quickly, to be honest, without terrible things happening. But yes, go on. And let's talk about the terrible things that happened that caused the train <laughs> to come to a grind. I mean, we see. Yeah, right. I mean, so here's the problem: that the fumbling is back. Um, it, it it wasn't a. Maybe it was more of a legitimate concern than we ever really wanted to give it credence for being. But my goodness, like, good on Matt Patricia to to not shake his confidence completely by. Um, you know, taking him out of the game or, or kind of like limiting his, his play, you know, putting him right back on the field and giving him another carry on the next drive. Um, but it's it's troubling. And that's one of those things when you're making roster cuts. And I'm not saying that Abdullah is going to get cut, but I mean, you, you just need to take every you need to take advantage of every opportunity. And I thought he made a really good um really good play in pass protection on a, on a ball that Stafford kind of overthrew Marvin Jones a little bit down the sideline. Um, but uh, just not the level of good that Amir Abdullah had a, a week ago in Oakland. I mean, after that, it was like, well, maybe Amir Abdullah might play a bigger role in the offense than, than we previously thought. Like this isn't a guy who's necessarily on the roster bubble or on the trade block, but like, this is a guy that like maybe can just be a, you know, a contributor to the Lions more than just like an insurance policy against injuries. After the Giants game, he has kind of moved his way back into insurance policy against injuries guy. So I, I don't know. Like, I guess I don't want to waver too far, too far back and forth on him, but it's hard not to when he has like these, these great performances like he did against Oakland. And I know calling four yards or four carries for 16 yards and a touchdown um, you know, a great performance. It was the quality of the runs, but I, he, his play is so up and down that it's hard not to feel that way about him too. Yeah. It, it's interesting. We we talked a little earlier about we, we didn't, we, we don't see necessarily as much of the swing and reactions from Lions fans as they proclaim there are, you know, like the sky is falling crowd 
might not really exist. That's kind of like a straw man at this point. But if there's been a swing of emotions in any aspect of this team, it's been with Amir in the past two weeks. Because after one week, it's like, yeah, these idiots calling for his cut, they're never going to trade him. Like, he's, he's, he's so much better again. Like, he could even be, like you said, a contributor this year. And now I can't tell you how many people tweeted at us on Friday. And it's like, cut him. He's gone. Get him out of this team. Can't deal with this. And, and part of, I get it. I get it a little bit because you think back to how the Patriots are run. And if a guy fumbles in the game, a lot of the times Bill Belichick is like, all right, you're on the bench the rest of the game. See ya. And I, I expect at least some of that strictness uh, with Matt Patricia in town. But it's two plays. He bobbled a, a, a kickoff return and he fumbled a snap. Is it? Do you, do you th- do you think that it's so easy for do you th- do you think it's so easy for Lions fans to make that judgment just because of the other running backs that are on the roster? One thousand percent, yes. Yeah, like it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you know what, cut him because look at what on Johnson did last week. Still got Legarrette Blunt on the team, and I thought Theo Riddick looked rather pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, guy who is definitely a stock up guy. Yeah, and, and LeGarrette Blunt, I would say. LeGarrette Blunt had one really, really, really good drive, and then they put him out there for fourth and two, and, and three offensive linemen got driven back four yards, so he had nowhere to go. But, um, yeah, I, I, especially juxtaposed compared to Theoretic's performance and, and, and LeGarrette's performance, even though Carrion kind of had a, a muted day. Amir Abdullah's day looks really, really bad compared to those guys. And I, I think the I think honestly the bigger concern was the kickoff returns because he hasn't looked very good at them both weeks really. And if I mean we've been talking if this guy's gonna win a role with the team and like be active on game days, it might be as a kickoff returner. And the fact that he hasn't looked as good as he did back when he was the second best in the league at it, uh, that that to me is concerning for him about his job. Not necessarily just one fumble on offense. All right. You want to just put a pin in this here and move on to the uh, list cast. Let's do it. Final thoughts from this game. We're just going to confine this thing to the memory bin. Preseason baby. I feel like it wasn't as negative as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure someone's going to listen to this and say that we have just absolutely taken a huge dump on this team. Oh, this this team here i'll give it right to you this team's going 0 and 16 there bam <laughs> there you can impossible it. impossible they've already lost a preseason game not possible so oh mm, two and 14 we'll be right back list cast coming up All right, let's start our list cast. List cast time. List cast doesn't stand for anything. It's a list in the podcast there. It's a list in the podcast. We're going to give you our top 10 quarterbacks of 2018, the ones we think who are going to be the greatest quarterbacks of 2018. This is always the final thing of our positional rankings list cast. We put these out every year. And then usually ListCast goes into hibernation until we decide to ListCast top pizza toppings or 
N64 games or something like that. We've done several of those before. You can go back through our archives and find the special editions of the podcast where we go and list off N64 games. Their friend Evan, who is back on Twitter, shout out to at Big Slick McDick, probably the best Lions in-game commentary you will have. We should, we should like, you know how Disney has movies in the vault where they don't sell them during periods of time? We should do that with mm-hmm. our list casts. It was like, oh, you you can't get our N64 list cast until later. You got to pay for it. Paywall. Let's do a paywall. This is basically our idea for a Patreon that we know no one would do because the Patreon would just be that. It would just be like really dumb stuff like N64 list casts. <laughs> Let's just bring the Patreon way with the podcast. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> uh... I don't want to even do this now. Good. Who wants to start us off? We got to go pretty quick on this because we got one segment for it. So 10-9-8. Give me your 10-9-8 quarterbacks. Let's go to Ryan first. Let's see if Ryan's ready to go. Oh, why do you want to do this to me? Because I'm not ready. Ready to go? Come on. Come on, Rock God. You're born ready to go. Yeah, I know I was born ready to go. So I'll just start from the rip. Ready? Number 10, Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) <laughs> what nice. um are you like reading it. this in, in the awesome. wrong order is this supposed to be the top one uh oh am i inversing these okay yeah no it's a good joke but no uh we'll keep it we'll keep it short sweet and to the point like we always do right patty mahomes number 10 um just wait just wait on it you'll see what he does um he threw a ball 70 yards through the air to tyreek hill it was ridiculous one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my entire life. Number nine, Ben Roethlisberger. So close to not making my list because low key, like other players make Ben Roethlisberger. Like that's, not, I feel like that's not even a hot take anymore. Like at this oh, point, Jalen Ramsey, take it easy. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest though. Like at, at, at like what point in, in Roethlisberger's career was he not like surrounded by like top tier receiving talent? and or great running backs like and i mean great defenses to go to go through with all of it so i mean like i feel like he's a quarterback who's like really just propped up by like the the, the you know the other parts on his team um maybe a little bit the, the one thing i would say to that though is that he makes he's such a unique talent that he makes these plays that no other quarterback could make where he's just like breaking ridiculous tackles and then just finding someone wide open yeah and there's an element of it to that, but also, I mean, he's a guy who has thrown his fair share of interceptions too. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, number nine and number eight, Carson Wentz. I know we only got one season of him and it wasn't even a full season. And who knows if we're even going to get a full season of Carson Wentz this year. But I mean, he showed me enough last year for me to like completely buy in on him. So that's fair. I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to make any of your guys' list, but we can talk about him later. Well, why don't I go ahead with mine then? My number cool. 10. Oh, what? I said go ahead. All right. My number 10 is <laughs> Carson Wentz. The bottom of this list might as well be got young guys who I think are going to be really good, but who got injured or something and thus kind of limited my sample size. So Carson Wentz starts me off at number 10. I, think I agree he could with have that. Won the Super Bowl. He could have won that Super Bowl, I think. For sure. Oh, absolutely. So I think that's what we need to know about him. Number nine is another young guy here, Deshaun Watson. 
who again, I thought played very, very well last year, right up until he got hurt. And it's easy to remember that he's to forget that he's off the table right now. Uh, he's a guy I need more from. He's a guy yes. I need to see more from because his touchdown percentage was insane. It was like over 9%, which, I mean, you're talking their quarterbacks. I mean, like you're talking like Aaron Rodgers level type stuff. It was so, four games. So, so why, why is Patrick Mahomes on your list then? Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> See, okay, I might as well say right now, I keep wanting to put Jimmy Garoppolo on this list for the same just oh. stuff, but he's not on my list right now. So I'll I'm, go ahead and say he's not on my list either. Yeah, I'm so out on Jimmy I, Garoppolo. I, I, really, I really wanted to, before you reminded me of Carson Wentz, he almost made my list, but I, it's, it's an Italian thing. I'm, he, he, he's good. He's top 10 in my heart. <laughs> Number eight, Philip Rivers. Uh, I mean, okay. I think, I think he's great. I think Philip Rivers is so good, but I'm just, I'm worried about how many more years he can really keep doing this. It's a legitimate concern to have. That's for sure. Like the chargers weren't, were low key, pretty good last year. It's just, they are now the number two team in LA. They have seen fit to try to charge everyone a hundred dollars to park and can't even fill up a soccer stadium. So it's easy to forget about Marmalade out there, but Philip Rivers is my number eight. Jeremy, take us in. This is a perfect transition because Philip Rivers is my number 10 and his career is just like a Greek tragedy to me. <laughs> like, What if he stayed in New York? What if he had stayed with the Giants? Right? Maybe this is all just like a comeuppance for, for that decision from him because this is a guy career completes 64% of his passes, 7.8 yards per attempt. He's almost got a 95 passer rating for his career, which are really stellar numbers if we're being honest, but him along with the chargers, just like, you know, Murphy's law, what, what will, what can go wrong? will go wrong years that they've played one of the best offenses and defenses, their special teams just drowns them completely. And, and it's unfortunate because I think Philip Rivers is, is, really been one of the most underrated quarterbacks and I think people don't like him because he's prone to making some mistakes and he has a real resting bitch face let's be honest (laughs) and he's kind of crazy and he's kind of crazy but yeah I feel bad for the guy but I think he's still playing at a good enough level where he should be considered a top 10 guy in this league Mm -hmm. um my number nine I don't know why I got into an argument with Ryan about him because he's my number nine as well Ben Roethlisberger um, deserves to be on the list for sure, in my opinion. I know a lot of Lions fans think that he's washed and that maybe they think the same thing as Ryan, that you know he's more of a beneficiary of, of a good surrounding team. And while there is a point there, like I said, the guy is just kind of a really unique talent out there. And there's something to be said about that when you can do things that no other quarterback can do and it can help your team win. I mean, we say the same stuff about like Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, he doesn't quite have the arm talent and necessarily um, – I would say not, not necessarily the accolades that, that Aaron Rodgers does outside of, you know, team wins, things like that. But Ben Roethlisberger definitely deserves to be on this list. My number eight, not exactly a huge fan of this guy, and I'm kind of surprised to even see him on my list, to be honest. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, he can be a really exciting player at times. He can be a really, really great player at times. But his accuracy issues are, are real, whether he wants to admit it to his former players or not. Um Something, something is holding him back, and I'm not sure what it is because his arm talent is amazing. Um, 
his ability to escape the pocket and make plays with his feet are, are basically second to none. Um, we'll see if it stands true with, with uh, some of the new guys coming into the league, but he's a guy that I just expect to be better than he is on paper. And um, we'll see if he, he can return to MVP form. I, I don't think he will necessarily, but I, I still like him enough that I think uh, top 10 is, is legitimate for him. All right. Seven, six, let's go, Ryan. Seven. Uh, Philip Rivers. We already talked about him. Just incredibly consistent throughout his career. Um, big fan of Rivers and, and his game. Um, and then number six is Matt Ryan. Uh, don't know if that's low. Don't know if that's high. But it, it feels like a good spot for him. Um, it, it's just weird whether or not the, the one season two years ago is going to be like the outlier for Matt Ryan. Like, I, I just have a strong feeling like I have a strong feeling like that season is going to be like the apex Matt Ryan. And, but then again, like you can't get much better than what he did. I mean, he threw for a, a shade under 5,000 yards, 7.1 touchdown percentage, 38 picks to only, or 38 touchdowns to only seven picks. Um, and was just like the, the league leader in like every advanced metric, like that offense is historic. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if we've seen like the best from Matt Ryan and now it's going to be kind of like this, wavering back and forth of maybe like shades of good and shades of bad but um they they've given him a ton of talent so i mean he's another guy where you can almost kind of make the claim like when has he ever been without you know guys like roddy white or julio jones or now they have calvin ridley and you know mm. he's stable of running backs so that's uh number six matt ryan all right my seven and six let's start with number seven right now and i think i'm going to have to go with uh, Cam Newton. I still believe in seeing a little bit out of him. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go. He's he's kind of escaped the lower end of this, which seems to be guys who, like, I want to trust, but I have concerns about. He's kind of in that category, too, but you guys have said enough about him. I'm not as down on him as some other people. I think he can put together another stellar season, but I don't know how many he's got. But I don't know. Hey, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Carolina seems to always be weird. Number six. And I'm surprised I'm probably the one lowest on this, so I'm sweating right now. I'm sweating profusely, is Matthew Stafford. And I think that, again, we're a Lions podcast, so I think I can, I'm trying to fight against some bias here when it comes to to being a Lions fan, putting him up there. But at the same time, too, he's he's got a killer arm. He had a really killer 2016 and all the comeback from behind. But when it comes to a lot of shortcomings he has, I feel like a lot of the times, and maybe it's on us sometimes, we make a lot of excuses about the pieces around him. And we kind of, we, we, that, that's kind of a bias we have because we, we talk about the pieces around him all the time. Mm-hmm. And we see about how there's always failing, how he doesn't have a run game to support him and whatnot. But at the same time, too, there's, I don't know. I like, there's, there's, there's just some, there's something, and I wish I, I wish I was more, a more eloquent person talking about this stuff because people seem to shit on me because I can't be eloquent with some of these things when I have misgivings about, about people. Cause it's just not in me to be that negative about people sometimes. But sometimes when I see Stafford, I still like, I, I kind of wonder what he's doing sometimes. I really do. Well, Chris, you can't spell eloquent without adequate. That's right. Don't look that up. Anyways, seven, uh, six. seven, six, my seven is Carson Wentz. Um, I'm with Ryan. I, I want to see a little bit more. I think some people are going to throw around the the uh, system quarterback label with him since the Eagles succeeded without him. But 
you, you look at how he throws the ball, you look at some of his accuracy, and it's it's insane. He deserves to be in this conversation. My number six is also Matt Ryan. Um, I don't have anything much to say that Ryan did say other than I think his 2016 season where he was MVP was actually a little overrated. Um, you can't argue with the stats, but um, his performance was is actually a little bit more up and down than you'd think. But I also think his 2017 season was a little underrated. So I think he's a happy medium between where he was in 2016 and 2017. All right. Five, four, three, quick to Ryan. Oh, wait, did you even give your uh, six there? I did. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Miscounted. Ryan, five, four, five, four, three. Five, Matthew Stafford. Um, for the obvious reasons. Uh, number four, this is kind of shocking, but number four is Drew Brees. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to put him at three, but, like, I couldn't do it. And the thing about Brees, though, is he's just been so uber efficient, like, all throughout his career. And not only is it, like, efficiency, but it's, like, efficiency with, like, a ton of volume. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane, like, just what he's able to do. I mean, last last year he led the league with a 72% completion percentage. Now, granted, he's throwing Sorry. a lot of passes – He's throwing a lot of passes to running backs and everything like that, but holy moly, like that's just, it's, it's something incredibly impressive that he's just been able to do throughout his entire career. Like first ballot hall of famer all across the board. Um, It's insane. Like he's had three seasons where, or four seasons where he's been 70% completion percentage or better, which is just nuts. Um, So he is number my number four, number three, Russell Wilson. I I went back and forth on putting Wilson and Breeze in in other spots, but I just think Wilson does he does more with less, and you factor in his ability to like just make great reads and 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 to take off and to run with the ball, um, and with relatively like little help on offense. I mean, like yeah, benefited from Marshawn Lynch and and whatnot, but that offensive line is just so incredibly laughably bad what he's able to do with it is is just like is incredible not so yeah yeah my number five is and i think with you like my number five is matt ryan i'm a little higher up on him i guess uh i'm not gonna completely write off his mvp season and i still think he's got uh he's 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 damn good he's damn good he makes that falcons team what it is uh number four for me is Russell Wilson, probably because my number three is Drew Brees, because unlike Ryan, I just cannot supplant Drew Brees yet. Just as you say, the volume of what it is, I just, I think he can do it another year. Whereas Russell Wilson though, has a lot of upward mobility on this list. Like, like we we talk about Cam Newton down there and other mobile quarterbacks, but Russell Wilson really is the real deal. And I, I, I admit that now I I've fought against it for so many years because I've thought, Russell Wilson was a very basic individual, but he's. I mean, he still is. Yeah, he's insanely basic. (laughs) (laughs) Just an incredible football player, though. Yeah, yeah, begrudging respect. (laughs) Five, four, three for Jeremy. Uh, It's the same as Ryan. Five Stafford, four Breeze, three Wilson. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I Stafford. The one thing I want to see out of him is just more consistency, especially early in games. Um, We we just went through the Wayback Machine, and how many times did we say the Lions got off to a slow start? And part of that is Matthew Stafford. You know, we, we I feel like it's a common theme, theme that we see him overthrow balls early in games. Like, he's a little jumpy or whatever. And I, the, the the comebacks are great, 
they they get my adrenaline going. They probably shorten my life, but I would love it if he could just come out firing in these games so that I don't have a high cholesterol level or a high blood pressure or whatever. I think I think that's the difference with a lot of people and why Stafford, I think, gets variance all over the place on where he ranks as a quarterback, though, is that consistency and how you feel about this fourth quarter comes, but comebacks. Because, Jeremy, you're always the guy talking against narrative. You don't like the idea of narrative. And what is a fourth quarter comeback, but a narrative in that your team was down because you weren't good enough to command a lead from the start. Right. And, and in some of those cases, and especially in 2016, the Lions actually had a lead early in that game, but then right. the defense blew it. But still, I, I think we can all agree that Matthew Stafford isn't necessarily the quarterback that he should be in the first quarter as compared to when he is in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I think that's, again, where a lot of the variance comes. So yeah. do we all have the same people for one and two? I would think so. And just quickly on Drew Brees, I think he gets a lot of slack for holding on to the ball too long, but he doesn't have a great receiving core. And I'm with, I'm with Ryan though. He's, he's first ballot hall of fame. And that's insane to say about a guy who is only six feet tall coming out of Purdue. Wait, Drew Brees or Russell Wilson? Okay. Did I I say Drew Brees? I meant Russell Wilson when I was talking about him holding onto the ball too long. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, but see, that's fair because I trust when Russell Wilson holds on the ball too long because sometimes he can just make things happen when he holds onto that ball. Yeah. He also Uh, also does take a lot of sacks. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, that, that kind of comes with the type of quarterback he is. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I do want to note before we talk about one and two that, you know, I was reading some other lists here and I do fi- I did find one from NFL.com by David Carr. And guess who's number four on David Carr's list of top 10 quarterbacks? Derek Carr. Hell yeah, baby. None of us named Derek Carr here. Derek Carr wasn't even in consideration for my top 10. Probably wouldn't <laughs> even be in consideration for my top 15. For being honest. How much he gets paid too. Yikes. I mean, if if I'm judging based on what's going to happen in 2018 and not just like quarterback in a vacuum type situation, then yeah, he probably wouldn't make my top 15 because Raiders. Yeah, we're talking about what's going to be in 2018. We're trying to make predictions here. Yeah. So what is your order for one and two? Because mine is actually, I mean, I don't know. There's no right way to do this. There's no right way to say Brady over Rodgers or Rodgers over Brady in my mind. This this is the first year. This is the first year that I put Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Oh wow! Yep. I just I just I I keep having to keep wagering father time, and I keep end up losing because I mean, <laughs> granted, last year was was an anomaly because Rodgers got hurt, but I don't know, man. Just holy shit! And I I feel super defensive about Rodgers because I really think he is a really great quarterback, and I just don't think he's got the hardware that everyone expects when you're talking about the greatest quarterbacks out there, because just the Packers have been abysmal. And at the same time, I have to be defensive about him too, because Andy Benoit went out there and insinuated the only reason we think Aaron Rodgers is great was that he won a Super Bowl early in his career. And that's not true. He's amazing. That's an insane take. That is a take only an insane. Literal insanity. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, prior to last year, had a four or five year string where he was the best quarterback in the league. He He's insane. He makes such insane throws. I was watching All or Nothing, or yeah, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys All or Nothing from last year. And oh, they, did a flash- in Dallas? <laughs> they did that flashback to that throw he made in Dallas where it was just he's running to his left, just nonchalantly quickly turns his shoulders and fires an absolute missile 
to I don't remember who it was, but just toe tapping on the end and the uh, the sideline to get them in field goal range in like ten seconds, and that's just something that no one else can do. And the way he manages the pocket is also unrivaled by anyone else in this league. For a guy that doesn't run the ball a lot, like actually run past the line of scrimmage a lot, I've never seen someone manage a pocket like him. It's no, insane. he's a god in the pocket. He's a god of the pocket. So what what's your order then, Ryan? Who's one or two? Brady's two, Rogers is one, and I say that just because, like, man, Rogers does so much with relatively little, and this season, like with Jimmy Graham, might might just be terrifying. I can't, I can't. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to put a ton of stock in Jimmy Graham. Like, let's pump the brakes on that. But like, when was the last time like Rogers had a tight end of like that caliber? I'm rolling the bones again in favor of father time. And I am saying Rogers over Brady, but I'm doing it in a one, one a route. Cause I just can't do it. Cause I know I'm just going to look ridiculous. Even though Brady is probably the last person in the world. I want to say is one of the greatest of all time quarterbacks. Cause he's just, just everything about his personality and who he is and all the weird <laughs> things he believes just makes me want him. I'm just repulsed by him. And it's so perfect that he is the best in the NFL that we just can't have a consistently great, amazing human being like the NBA has with his greatest player of all time in LeBron James. Like the last time Aaron Rodgers threw more than eight interceptions was almost a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be, it has to be the Packers at this point. Like, can, can we just say that the Packers have just wasted his career? I hate, I hate that <laughs> term so much. I, but you know what? I think it is true because there should not be just one Super Bowl ring on Aaron Rodgers' finger. Be, yeah. Like right up well. until like last season, this is a franchise that did not believe in hiring outside free agents. I mean, all that is, is probably true, but it's not easy to build a franchise outside of having a, a franchise quarterback. But, you know, how many franchise quarterbacks would you say there are in the league? Eight, maybe? Mm. Ten, and yeah, that was saying, something that was weird. Like that, there's so much money being pumped into quarterbacks. You can't really be anything but a franchise at this point. You're a franchise, or, or you're a nothing. Yeah, and I, I'm just, I'm no, I'm just saying, like, if you have a franchise quarterback, there's, there's what eight, nine, ten franchise quarterbacks every year that don't win a Super Bowl. It's just, I, I just don't like saying it's a waste. The, the, that they're wasting his career when like I'm giving you an opening to shit on the Packers. I know. And I can't do it because they make a NFC championships like every other year. And the yeah, line, I mean, no. that is true. That is true. They do get pretty far on the NFC just, but then when they blow up, like you can, you can tell when they blow up. Like we were talking about Phillip rivers and all the ways he's been sabotaged. I can see Mike McCarthy fucking sabotaging Aaron Rodgers out there. Like I can see it. It's visible. It's in, it's in my eyes. Is it in your eyes, Ryan? <sighs> Aaron Rodgers is freaking good. Just forget it. He's insane. <laughs> can we stop talking about him now? No, I can't. I let's go on to the mailbag. You're right. But I'm just saying like, even as a lions fan, I he's insane and I love him. Okay. You can say he's insane, but you can't say that second thing. You have to bleep that. Hey, 
Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Mel time. here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. Please send us questions. Do not, as the thread did this week, just sit around and talk about Jeremy's question to you or his title. There the comment section people. isn't for commenting people. It's for asking questions. Get it right. In this, in this scenario, that's absolutely right. It's, it's for <laughs> asking questions. Jeremy, do we have reviews? We have review. and A review. Let's just talk about it. Um, it's from DezNuts431, so you know it's going to be a really good thought-provoking review. Uh one star. Oh, didn't, he review a, didn't he review us before? I feel like he did, and I was wondering about that, but he somehow he either got a second one in, maybe he was Des 421 before, or maybe... God damn it. I think you can update your... You know what? We're not going to read it. It was one star, but you know what? I think we already got one from him, so screw you. <laughs> Is it just him shitting on us again because of the <laughs> because of the Patricia stuff and because... No, of no. It's he says it's an okay podcast, which is weird to give it one star and also call it okay, but uh, mostly just saying we get off topic too much. Which you know what, we go an hour and twenty minutes every episode. We can we can we're, we're we're big we're deeper people than the lines. We we like to talk about the lines. You listen you know to what? sports radio. Do you know how many times those guys are on topic? Yeah, let's let's start talking about the babe of the week, guys. You want to talk about the babe of the week? Not even talking about that. I, I just listen to too much LA sports radio around here where they get off talking about like random members of the Eagles or something. Yeah, whatever. It happens, man. Not everyone can talk hour for an hour we, straight. You on. know what? We've been doing this thing for two and a half years. We don't need to defend yeah, this. And we, I, 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 I just, again, as I've said before, I like to do it now na- on natural. Yeah. Everything, everything stays in. Deal with it. Unless it's like really compromising, like the tale Ryan told us last last week, which I did record, but I decided in my better judgment not to include as a hidden track. Why didn't we? Thank you. How did that make the final track? (laughs) He just, Ryan didn't realize the recorder was on. He was that hungover. I had lots of sodas. (laughs) Simon Bredvig asking us our first question. Would you like to see the Lions appear on Hard Knocks or All or Nothing at some point? Yeah, of course. Like, one billion percent I would love it. Like, it's, they're both really fun shows and really interesting shows. And 
while I was a little critical of Hard Knocks this week because I don't think they treated the Corey Coleman stuff fairly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really care about the drawbacks of you know maybe them seeing something they shouldn't see out of the Lions and some sort of secret being divulged. And, and let's be clear, Matt Patricia would never say yes to this. It would never happen. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I, yeah, like I would love to see behind the scenes of this team and see what practice really looks like, even though, you know, I've been there at practice, like actually seeing the kind of conversations that are happening on the field and uh, in locker rooms and meetings, all that stuff is fascinating to me. And I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to hear that about their favorite team. Ryan. What? Okay, great. Greg G asking us, what is wrong with a Sean? I don't know if there's anything wrong with Aishon, um, but I don't know. It could be a scheme thing, which doesn't seem like it would lend itself well just because he kind of made his name as a as a run defender, and it seems like he would work well like in a Patricia scheme, but I don't know. I don't know if there's necessarily anything wrong with him. I mean, Rothstein did point out that Patricia said, um, you know, the reason that Aishon Robinson was playing into the fourth quarter is just because he wanted to get he wanted to get him more reps and he wasn't the only player that you would suspect being like the quote unquote starter that played like late into the game. Um, you know, LeGarrette Blunt did as well. And so I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anything wrong with him quite yet. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be so quick to, to say that he's, he's like bad. I mean, actually by, by PFF standards, he actually had like a pretty decent game against, large adult against son the giants. I'm I'm a little concerned. Uh, I Patricia can spin it however he wants. I think it's not. I mean, if he was truly going to be a big asset to this defense, you wouldn't put him out there in in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Um, I just I don't know. So can uh, you say the same thing about Blunt then? I don't think Blunt's going to be that big of a of a of a guy in in this offense. If you're going to, if I'm being completely honest, like he'll he'll be there. But uh, I don't know. I I don't expect him to be the starter in a way that I think people thought Aishon would be. And so it, it's concerning to me. It's concerning that the Lions went out and, and draft or got two guys in free agency uh, playing kind of like the nose-ish defensive tackle position instead of instead of him. Like they, they got two run-stuffing DTs. They went out and specifically got them over Aishon. So I, I don't know. I Let's also be clear. Aishon is repping with the twos now in practice. He he essentially lost his starter status in practice to, to uh, Ricky Jean and Sylvester Williams. Those are your two starting DTs pretty consistently over the last week, week and a half. So um, there, there should be concern there, I think. All right. We got a slalom of questions about quarterbacks now. So we're going to take them all as one. Reyes asking us, where are we on our secondary QB position? Uh, let's see here. BK, BK Shaky asking us, do you think the Lions are happy with their backup quarterbacks? And uh, I'm trying to find the other person who was asking about quarterbacks. Oh, Ray St- Stakenos asking us, am I crazy for wanting to trade a late round pick for T- Teddy Bridgewater? I think it's going to cost more than a late round pick because I, I don't know if you guys saw the report about apparently the Seahawks like offered a second round pick to get Jacoby Brissett. Whew. Like, I mean, we're talking about Jacoby Brissett here. Yeah, I mean, I know we're, we're talking about someone who has the Tom Brady rub on him, though. Well, 
maybe, but he also had the Indianapolis rub last year. Had fifty, he got rubbed oh. a lot, fifty-two sacks. <laughs> um, but I, the going rate for a quarterback is not that cheap in the NFL, especially you know Teddy Bridgewater has played pretty well in this preseason, and, and I don't care how injury prone you are, teams still take big chances on guys. Look at the deal that Sam Bradford got this year. You know, I. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you'd have to invest like a, a, like a healthy at minimum, I think like a day two pick and the lions can't do that. Well, can, can we ask about the general question too, about if the lions are happy with what they have? Because I mean, we, we just got done talking about these guys and we're still not sure if castle or Rudox kind of pulled ahead from it. And I, I mean, I, I don't like any of that, either of them right now. J- Jeremy, I think that at this point, the Lions just kind of have to be happy with what they have. Like, I don't think that there's any other avenues they can really pursue. What do you think? There is one. Yeah. There's I one. mean, the, I know what you're going to say, but uh, you're one. at, you're at a very late portion of the preseason right now. You have two more games to prove anything. And Jim Bob Cooter's scheme is not simple. And so if you're bringing in a new quarterback into the competition this late, you're already kind of putting yourself at a bigger disadvantage. And so I think the Lions are just going to ride or die with, with, I think it's Castle at this point. And um, you just, you just hope to God he doesn't ever make it on the field. I mean, this team's screwed either way. If I, we, we've all, we've said for years, I mean, for over a year now that if Stafford goes down, it's all over anyway. Yeah. As is the case for what? Probably like 30, 30 of the 32 NFL franchises. I'd say less than that because there are some pretty stinker quarterbacks out there. Like, I mean, if if Case Keenum goes down for the Broncos, I don't think that's going to be appreciable difference too much there. That said, though, there is still one option. I'm just saying there's it's an option. It's an option, folks. Who is it? You know, I don't know. EK and not Louie. Next question here from Craig Olson. <laughs> Top five teams that will be looking at trading for Amir Abdullah. I think we took this question last week. And again, I don't see how people see the trade value in Amir Abdullah. You, you guys know that it's not in a vacuum. It's not like these people are dumb and not seeing the same thing you guys are when it comes to Amir Abdullah, right? If, if they wanted to trade Amir Abdullah, they should have done it after the Oakland game. Because after the Giants game, I don't know who's who's ready to shell out a, a, a nice little draft pick for a for a one year rental, and a guy and a guy who hasn't proven that he can do it over the course of a season yet. This is the thing: like you can't just say we're going to trade you our trash and you will take it. That's not mm-hmm. how this works. And you'll give us something of of great value in return. Yeah, this and this isn't a one man trash another man treasure thing. Like they're seeing the same things you are when it comes to Amir Abdullah. They're not dumb. This isn't the '90s where, or or anything or just any other previous decade where no one just had that tape. They know. They're seeing it. Yeah, but do you- I, I don't know. I just, I mean, the one place that makes kind of sense, and and I mentioned this is uh, last week is. The 49ers, um, they're dealing with who, who got injured? I can't even remember right now. Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon, that's right, got injured. Yeah. I think he's a good fit over there, and uh, obviously Martin Mayhew works there now, and he's the guy who drafted Amir Abdullah. So if there's anyone that, that would believe in some Amir Abdullah hype, 
despite the lack of results here in Detroit, it might be him. But it's not Washington too, I think. And I know we kind of talked about Washington because of the Geist thing, but Samaje Piran got hurt too. True. So. And that's that's why they're currently looking at Adrian Peterson. So uh, not exactly <laughs> the same kind of back that Amir Pool is, but that is a sign of desperation. Well, let's see here. Um, Honolulu Blue Balls, great name, by the way, is asking us, what if it's Theo they trade instead of Amir? That would be the worst idea. Such a bad idea. Like, I don't understand why you want to trade. Like, this is the argument that I I see from people online. Hey, he's one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL. He's really good at pass protection. Let's trade him. What other running backs on our team outside of LeGarrette Blunt have proven that yet in the NFL? Like we have two games, two preseason games of carry on Johnson and some training camp practices. Like I think great things are going to happen for carry on Johnson. I would also really like it if we held on to the thing that's really good, you know, e.g. Theo Riddick. Like he's great. He's sensational. Why would you want to trade him? Like, is 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 everybody's mind so far removed from when the Lions running back death was so shattered that were that they were starting Zach Zenner? Do we remember this? Do we remember when this was a thing? I mean, it, it's it goes back to the point we made when we were talking about Amir Abdullah uh, a couple segments ago, where the Lions have this quote unquote um, embarrassment of riches at running back, so they're like, yeah, okay, let's just let's just get rid of some of that. We're fine. Uh, but there is no one on this team that comes close to pass protection as theoretic. No, not LeGarrette Blunt, not Kerryon Johnson, certainly not Amir Abdullah, not not Zach Zenner. Uh, and that is a really underrated skill, and that's something that we've heard Bob Quinn mention over and over again when he was scouting running backs, right? That's such a valuable position, and I know that it, that theoretic's cap hit is, is, what, three or four million, and, and the Lions could theoretically – get rid of that theoretically uh but to me that's still a bargain for what he brings to this team and i mean how could you see what he did to that linebacker on friday night and say yeah we don't need that (laughs) next question here we're getting into some of the actually you know what before we get into some of the weirder questions real quick over the news wire i want your guys' thoughts on the signing of marcus cromarty (laughs) i'm literally typing an article about it right now i don't have any I mean, they signed him and waived Stefan McClure, who you may remember from nothing this offseason. <laughs> uh, he, 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 to be fair to the guy, he, it's with an injury designation, so it's not like they just cut him. Apparently some sort of injury, uh, if he passes through waivers, he'll probably be on the Lions IR team. Uh, Marcus Cromartie, I'm looking up right now, he has 22 game appearances, um, only one start, no interceptions, three passes defended in his career. Death guy probably won't make the team. Okay, great. Awesome. Here we go. Arrested for grill theft asking us, is Quandre <laughs> Diggs QAnon? I don't understand the question. <laughs> I don't know what QAnon is. Can, you, don't know what Q, you, you haven't been following along the news at all about QAnon. Apparently not. Brian? Uh, I don't 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 know what's going on. All I know is that the 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 people who are submitting questions have great names. <laughs> <laughs> they do have some good names. To answer your uh, question at Grill Thief, uh, 
he's part of it. He's part of the cabal. He's he's one of the many sources showing us the the great the great satanic pizza cult that runs this country. Word. Like, next question is from Ryan Collins at Shafty Von Hack. Is a good burrito one you eat with your hands or a fork? Ryan, I know you're eager to jump in here. Yeah, well, no, burrito definitely. Like you, by design, you should be able to eat the whole burrito with your hands. Now, there's no problem well, with with use. Yeah, yeah, go on. The the burrito fundamentally fails if you have to eat the whole thing with a fork. Like I don't mind eating leftovers and droppings, but like, oh god. Don't but this is what I was going to say. Out of context. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just what I was going to say, though. Like, because I know a lot of burritos. I'm in favor of hands because I'm out in California, and the California burrito is the thing, and I insist on having it in my hands. But I'm just saying, like, what about the smothered burrito, though? Like, what about burrito you get and it comes out and it's been covered in queso or red sauce or or sour okay. cream or something? Fair, fair point. Now, what was the original question again, though? Is the good burrito the one you eat with your hands or with a fork? Because you're okay. not gonna you're not gonna I've pick been... up a smothered burrito with with your hands. Are you sure? I'm a person who likes eating leftovers and droppings. I'm basically an animal. <laughs> we know that, and that's not good enough to lead off the podcast. I know you're trying to kill the <laughs> podcast with that. I want a legit. So I want your legit answer to this. I love food, man. Burritos are good. I don't have an answer. It's hands. Now that can get taken out of context. Well, here's the thing. Like with a burrito, I feel like the purpose of a burrito is is so that you can carry it, right? Like have all these ingredients stuffed into something that's nice and compact. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know. I know the word you're looking for. Something where you can carry it a lot. Portable. portable is 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 a great word for that. Something that's portable. So the wet burrito is delicious. I'm not going to take anything away from it, but I feel like it kind of ruins the concept of a burrito. You can also smother other things too, like chimichangas and all the rest. Like those those already come with stuff on them. I got nothing else in the mailbag, and I insisted on not going out on that question because I didn't want Ryan to have the last laugh. Well, I have I have something that we can go out on. What's that? We're on the road to WrestleMania because tonight is SummerSlam, and by the time you're listening, to this, it's already over. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD Cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at. I am Brian Shepard. I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N-S-H-E-P-A-R-D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. 
those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>